Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Graham Ledger. Next on the Ledger Report, a question for patriotic, constitutional, conservative Americans. It's a simple question, but a very tough one. And that is, is the current Republican Party worth attempting to salvage? Is it or is it not? Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. Well, I think I've provided a lot of change under my leadership. I'm always open to new ideas and ways to move forward. But listen, Stuart, with our community centers and our minority outreach, we brought in uh, new candidates and new voters into our party like Monica De La Cruz and elected people like Monica De La Cruz and John James and Wesley Hunt. We also did voter registration, which gave us great gains in North Carolina, Florida, and Iowa. And you know what? We are pushing uh, absentee voting and ballot harvesting. And that's why we picked up the Duarte seat in California. So there's a lot of people outside the RNC that don't understand what we do. Voter reg, uh, election day turnout, election integrity, but also ballot harvesting and getting those votes banked early. And we're well, going to continue to do that. But you know what I say, Stuart, is uh, we've had consistent leadership for six years. I've brought a lot of change to the RNC, and we're going to continue to do that. But you, you've got to keep that going if we're going to be successful okay. in 2024, would, and that's what I intend to do. Would you publicly say that Donald Trump bears any responsibility for the, some of the losses in the midterm elections. Would you say that publicly? You know, I don't like this. I don't like these parceling out because he supported Ted Budd who won and he supported J.D. Vance who won. I think there's a lot of things. That's why I've put together an after action report. We've got to look at Dobbs. But here's the one thing that I think people should be talking about, the amount of ticket splitting. The amount of Republicans that went out and voted for a Republican at the top of the ticket, look at Arizona, the top vote getter is a Republican. Look at uh, Georgia. We had eight of nine statewide races won by Republicans. But why are Republicans going and voting for one Republican and not the other? Trump. We have to work hard to bring is, those independents in. Isn't that in. the answer to but your question? But that means you turnout was not the, question. the issue. The answer is Trump, isn't it? I'm saying I'm not into the blame game right now. Stop tape. She's not into the, that's Ronna McDaniel, the head of the Republican National Committee. Uh, she's not into the blame game right now. Right now, key phrase right now. Two words right now. At the moment, she's not into the blame game, but after she secures her re-election, then she'll go out and blame Donald Trump and anybody else. It's everybody else's fault except hers. The Republican Party, as led by this person, who, by the way, I want to remind you, this is the niece of Mitt Romney. More on Mitt Romney in a moment. But Mitt Romney is emblematic of this entire episode of the Ledger Report. 
And what is wrong with the Republican Party? And is it worth salvaging? Is it worth even attempting to salvage? So this woman is in charge of the Republican Party. She points to all these, a fast talker. She's pointing to all these victories they had, minority outreach. Uh, they had big gains in Florida. Big gains in Florida? It's not because of you. It's because, and not because of anything you did or the Republican Party did. In fact, it's in spite of you and the Republican Party. Big gains in Florida because people are fleeing these Marxist blue states like California. You're looking at one of them. You're looking at the reason the Republican ranks swelled in Florida. It's not because of Ronna McDaniel. It's because we're trying to escape Marxism. It's, it's no different than the East Germans trying to flee into West Germany during the 1980s. It's the same thing. We're, instead of climbing over a wall, we're expressing our outrage to a totalitarian regime, for example, in California, by heading east, young man, or not so young man. Heading east. Amazing how over the course of 150 years in this country, head, head west, young man. Head, now it's head east and, and to the south. <laughs> Certainly don't go, keep going east to, to New York because that's not going to do any good. Ballot harvesting. You know, I, I'm a believer in fighting fire with fire. And I am a believer in if, if the Democrats are playing by one set of rules, you've got to play by the same set of rules or you're going to lose. But I will tell you this that this entire ballot harvesting, mail-in vote, vote for a month before election day and a couple of weeks after election day, keep counting the ballots, nonsense, must stop. And so for Ronna McDaniel to say we're doing ballot harvesting sends shivers down my spine. Because first of all, ballot harvesting in some states is still illegal. Not in California, of course, where they have institutionalized it along with mail balloting. Again, if you don't know in California, everybody gets a mail ballot now, ballot by mail. They have institutionalized cheating. So there are millions more uh, registered voters on the voter rolls than there are actual people voting. That means millions extra ballots are mailed out in California in every election, millions upon millions. So where do those ballots go? We know where they go. They get harvested. And they get dumped into these, uh, into these bins. We know this is what's going on. So what I would prefer Ronna McDaniel come out and say is we're against ballot harvesting. We're against mail-in vote. We're against voting early. We're against no voter ID. We're for all of those things being inverted. In fact, we're for a constitutional amendment which the framers of the Constitution would have never envisioned necessary, never would have wanted. They would have rejected it in 1787. But now, in 2022, they'd say, hey, baby, we need it, and we need it bad. We need a constitutional amendment that galvanizes our precious right to vote, which is being corrupted right now from coast to coast, in, in red state and blue state. Because, unfortunately, in places like Florida, there are counties that are blue, like Pinellas County. And they're run by a bunch of Marxist Democrats. And so that county, even though overall the state's looking good, but that county in particular mails out more ballots than there are voters. So here you go. So 
we need a constitutional amendment. I'm 100% for it now and have been for quite some time. Uh, certainly after the 2020 election to this point, absolutely 100%. How do we get it? It ain't easy. It's, it's going to take a constitutional amendment through Article 5 and a convention of the states, in my opinion, but that's another program. Just remember, convention of the states, you're going to be hearing me talk about it a lot because it is the only way now it is the only way to constitutionally, short of picking up our pump action shotguns and our 9 millimeters and our 38s and our whatever, and forcing a change, which of course I am not advocating. It's something that has happened in the history of this country. We have rebelled against tyranny and we could do it again. But I believe in taking the constitutional route. And I believe that this is our last shot. You're looking at, as Kamala, hee hee hee, homewrecker Harris would say, it's a paradigm moment in this country. It is. It is a watershed moment. It is a point of no return moment. We're there. We're living it right now. In fact, some of us believe that maybe we're past the point of no return. I don't know. But we'll know. We'll know, I, I think in my lifetime we'll know, if we pass that point of no return. We're getting damn close if we're not already. So, Ronnie McDaniel is afraid. She's afraid of, of losing her power. This is all Republicans in this leadership structure care about. All they care, and at the local level too, at the state level as well. All they care about is their power and their power structure. And preserving this power one way or another. And then moving up on the totem pole. That's all they care about. Ronnie McDaniel one day is going to you know, when she's done there, she's going to run for Congress or whatever, you know, based on her, quote, record as running the uh, RNC, which is a disaster zone. They ought to put yellow tape around the Republican Party and the Republican National Committee. Are you kidding me? Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're producing. What do they stand for? If I had a gun to your head and I said, I need you to tell me 10 things the Republican National Committee stands for. <laughs> Honestly, it's a hostage tape. There's a gun to your head. Name 10 things. Abdul is saying this. Name 10 things the Republican National Committee stands for. Go. You got 10 seconds. Uh, I, I'd be dead. I can't tell you except possibly money, influence, and power. Mitch McConnell is a shining example of that. More on Mitch in a moment. So Mike Lindell, my buddy, okay, he's a friend of mine, is running against Ronna McDaniel. Wouldn't it be great if Mike Lindell won? Am I endorsing Mike Lindell? Hell yeah, I'm endorsing Mike Lindell. Are you kidding me? Oh, but he's not experienced, Graham. Good! What did the framers of the Constitution want? They wanted a Mike Lindell to serve, and then get the hell out. Not Ronna McDaniel, who's celebrating the fact that she's the longest-serving Republican National Committee chair in, in history since, since the inception of the party. Think about that. Uh, is that a good thing? I don't think so. But what is a good thing is Mike Lindell and people like Mike, Mike Lindell who care about this country and care about, I guess, he cares about the future of the Republican Party. Maybe he believes there's a future, when a lot of us don't believe there's much of a future, not in this country, but in the Republican Party, because it continues to shift left more and more and more. But God bless Mike Lindell. 
And speaking of Mike Lindell, this program is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. You go to MyPillow.com or my store, which I have to still do some Christmas shopping. I want to poke around my store. MyStore.com. You put Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R, L-E-D-G-E-R, my last name, into the promo code box and you get up to 66% off. So God bless Mike Lindell, MyPillow, and MyStore. This program is also brought to you by Relief Factor. I have been struggling with a little bit of pain in my back over the last few days. And so I have been popping my Relief Factor pills. These are not prescription pills, okay? They're not the kind that get you addicted, um, and they're not illegal or immoral. They're homeopathic completely. I don't know what the mixture is in there, but I know that they work. And so if you're interested in a starter kit, 833-425-7246, For a nominal amount of money, they will give you a starter kit, and you can find out for yourself. Um, I believe in them. In fact, I need to uh, get some more. Now, on this question of whether the Republican Party is even worth salvaging, I mean this from the heart, and I'll tell you why in a couple of minutes. But I want to hear from you on this. And I want to hear from you on my Ledger Register website. Please go to GrahamLedger.com. And on the right-hand column is the question, is the current Republican Party worth trying to salvage? It's an attempt to salvage, right? This is like a patient on a gurney, and we have to figure out whether we can salvage and keep this person alive or not. I mean, this, this patient is on life support, and it is a crime scene, and there's yellow tape all around, and we're in the middle of the street, and we got to decide what the heck to do. Is this patient recessible? I, I don't know that the Republican uh, Party is, but I want to hear from you at uh, GrahamLedger.com. The question, Ledger Register, is the Republican Party worth trying to salvage? But I also want to hear from you directly. If you want to take a minute, email me at GrahamLedger411, GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. I want to this is a conversation I'm trying to have with you. I know this is a one-way street at the moment. But we need to figure out what in the wide, wide world of sports to do here, folks. Because this country, as you know, is in a world of hurt. We have, you heard this guy uh, interviewing Ron McDaniel trying to blame Donald Trump for the results of the 2022 election. This is insanity. Donald Trump was busting his ass for these candidates. And, and, and again, Ronna McDaniel, Instead of rejecting that, she's like, I'm uncomfortable with that. And, you know, now is not the time. Oh, but it will be. Don't worry. Once she's back in power, she'll say, yep, it's all Trump's fault. This is a guy who busted his, you know, if this was New York, I'd use certain words, but it's not New York. Um, and I'm not from New York. I'm from a city that has a hell of a lot more class, at least it did, uh, than New York. Um, so I will say he busted his tail for candidates. He didn't bust his tail for all candidates. How could he? You know, he's flying in. You know, you, you got to pick and choose your battles, just like in a marriage, right? You got to pick and choose which thing you're going to argue about and which you're not, honey. So Donald Trump spent his own money. <laughs> he, 
He didn't, or, you know, donations, whatever, but it's his own kitty, right? It, he didn't ask Rona, hey, Rona, or whatever her name is, McDaniel's, or Mitt Romney's daughter, or niece. He didn't say, hey, can I borrow some money so I can fly in and, um, and campaign for Kerry Lake? Hey, I'm not a Kerry Lake fan. I just, I, I have a real problem with a person who 10 years ago was posing with pictures with Barack Hussein Obama while I was trying to defeat the guy? I have a problem with that. I'm sorry, I do. I was organizing tea parties behind enemy lines in enemy territory. California, Southern California. Trying to defeat this dude and she's having pictures taken with him and donating money to him? I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk about Carrie Lake, okay? Carrie Lake is who she is. And it's, it's, it's a shame what happened in Arizona, but it's not Donald Trump's fault, okay? You can't have it both ways. You can't say there was election malfeasance and rampant voter fraud and election fraud and blame Donald Trump. They are mutually exclusive, especially in states like Arizona, especially in Georgia, especially in Pennsylvania? Are you kidding me? This brain-dead moron beats a surgeon? This just doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. I don't care how bad Dr. Oz is as a candidate. It's not possible for this to happen, but it did. And it happened not because of Donald Trump, <laughs> Herschel Walker, and Dr. Oz, and Carrie Lake. It's not because of Donald Trump. It's because of those are swing states and there is rampant voter fraud and malfeasance going on. You can't have it both ways. You can't blame Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump's fault. That's it. 2022 election. You know why they're trying to blame Trump, right? Please, you know why, right? They want to marginalize him. They want you to abandon Trump. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It is not Donald Trump's fault, the 2022 election cycle. It's the fault of too many Americans millions of them who are asleep at the switch and allowing massive election and voter fraud to take place in various states, in various swing states, and in various blue states, and in various counties within red states. California, polls close, 8 o'clock, 8.02. Governor Newsom wins re-election. I mean, it's Stalin-esque, right? I don't even want to. Okay, so Ronald Reagan, of course, infamously or famously, either one or both, maybe, said he didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left him. Well, today, I don't know that Ronald Reagan could even stand the Republican Party. And I believe there are millions, tens of millions of Americans from coast to coast who have left the Republican Party and are now independent. Certainly they didn't join the Democrat Party. It's not possible. It's just simply not possible. If you are a God-fearing, Judeo-Christian voting patriot in this country, you cannot be a Democrat, not a modern Democrat. Maybe my mom and dad in the 1960s when they were in their 30s, uh, you could be a, 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 a a Democrat who actually believes in God, supports God, supports life. 
supports strong national defense. You know, Kennedy was strong national defense, ostensibly, you know, in certain directions anyway. Bay of Pigs notwithstanding. But Kennedy would not be a Democrat today. If he were here, boom, he'd be a Republican. And he'd probably be a conservative Republican at that. How we've kind of watered down that term. I know what I stand for. I stand for the United States Constitution. That makes me probably a conservative, right? And those principles do not change. I will not compromise, period. I will not compromise my Constitution, our Constitution. And I will not compromise my constitutional rights and your constitutional rights. They're not on the table. And so over the years, the last 10 years in particular, as the Republican Party has gone off the rails to the left, supporting abortion, among other things, I haven't wavered. Because I'm tethered to the Bible and the Constitution, which really are one and the same, if you know your history. Our Bible, that is the Christian Bible, the New Testament, is the foundation for everything we have in the United States Constitution. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but it's right there in the Declaration of Independence. Everything we have in this country, foundationally speaking, is based on the New Testament period. Do your homework if you don't like it. Check me. Go ahead. Fact check me. But look at the modern Republican Party. When I say Reagan would have left this party, look at post-Reagan as, as our guide to what has happened to the modern Republican Party. We have George H.W. Bush after Reagan, who basically was coronated on Reagan's coattails. Did he deserve to be elected? I don't know. But I know he deserved to be beat by, of all people, Bill Clinton, who, remember, won with a plurality. He won more electoral votes, of course, than George H.W. Bush. And George H.W. Bush, one of the reasons why he, I think Republicans were disillusioned there and went over to Ross Perot, more on Ross Perot in a minute. And remember, if you added up Ross Perot's vote totals, I'm just talking aggregate vote totals. I'm not talking electoral, because Ross Perot didn't win a single electoral vote. But if you added the vote totals uh, and, and gave them to George H.W. Bush, he would have beaten Bill Clinton easily in 1992. But George H.W. Bush broke his promise and raised taxes, and he was slapped around and, and didn't win, and uh, deservedly so. You say no new tax, you run on no new taxes, you raise taxes, you make a deal with the devil, you, you deserve to lose, I'm sorry. Then in 96, we had Bob Dole. Now, God bless Bob Dole and God rest his soul. But he's not a, he was not a constitutional conservative. He was a dealmaker, consummate dealmaker out of Washington, D.C. But it was his turn. We were told it was his turn. And then Ross Perot runs again. And if you add Ross Perot's vote total in 96 to uh, Bob Dole, he still would not have beaten Bill Clinton, who, by the way, again, won with a plurality. Not that it matters, but he's, he won with a plurality, not a, not a majority of votes. And of course, he won the Electoral College. Then we have George W. Bush, who ran as being a, what did he call himself? A compassionate conservative. Now, to those of us who are conservative, who are considered conservative, that is an insult. That's like saying you are an intelligent conservative. <laughs> If you have to have a modifier in front of 
conservative, then something's wrong with you, pal. Something's really wrong with you, George W. Bush. Because if you are a conservative, you are compassionate by your very nature. Again, because your principles of conservatism in this country, in particular, are based on the Christian Bible. And as a Christian, we are, by nature, by necessity, compassionate. We are. Whether we give of our money or we give of our time, we give. At least we're supposed to. And I will remind you, if you are a Democrat and you call yourself a Democrat and you try and call yourself a Christian, you are not. They are mutually exclusive. You cannot be a modern Democrat and be a Christian. Yes, in my mom and dad's era in the 60s, you could be a Christian and a Democrat. Not anymore. Not anymore. You are pro-abortion. So we got George W. Bush who lied to us, basically, to get elected. And then got us uh, in trouble overseas because he had to do good for his dad. It was disgusting. And George W. Bush has proven how disgusting he is, really more so out of office than uh, while he was president, in my mind. He's just proven to be um, beyond a rhino, just a disgusting uh, human being. And, and chumming up to Barack Obama, who single-handedly helped destroy large chunks of this country. And so we get Obama uh, because we had this guy <clears throat> named George Mc, uh, uh, John McCain. Now, I'm not going to go into McCain, okay? I'm not a McCain fan. Just leave it at that, okay? I never have been, never will be. But again, we were told it was McCain's turn. And what an undynamic loser of a candidate. And I remember screaming at the TV and when... when Somebody posed the question, is Obama a, a good American? Here's a guy who ran around in college, not just smoking dope, okay, but ran around in college with a, a copy of Rules for Radicals in his back pocket. Saul Alinsky, the overthrow of the United States, effectively, is what that book is about. And that's what Barack Obama executed. Instead of a hammer and sickle, he put on a suit and tie and he went to Washington, D.C. But McCain blew it, was a terrible candidate. And then again in 96, maybe the, the pinnacle of them all in terms of destroying what we had as the Republican Party, you ran Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, the good, moral, successful business guy. Really, you know, on paper, Mitt Romney looks great until you start diving down and realize he's a complete and total idiot. Sorry, I don't like using that word. Because he's not stupid. But politically, he's... I'm going to retract that word, okay? Because I, I, it just doesn't mean anything. Mitt Romney is the definition of a rhino. He is a Republican in name only. And he has proven it time and time again with his voting record. Not just voting to impeach Donald Trump and, and such. But his voting record is, is atrocious. And so this is the modern Republican Party. Then we get Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was able to cobble together these rhinos. And I made this point the, the other day with a friend of mine, that he was able to pull together Mitch McConnell and, and Kevin McCarthy and uh, these other rhinos and get their support and garner their support. Of course, now that he's out of power, these rhinos are either attacking him, Donald Trump, or distancing themselves 
from Donald Trump, and it's disgusting. Again, what did Donald Trump do to deserve all of this? You know what he did? Donald Trump has always been brutally honest. That's what Donald Trump is guilty of. Unlike Mitch McConnell, who's doing these backroom deals and under-the-table deals with China and his wife, <laughs> I just remember what Donald Trump called her. <laughs> her name is Elaine Chow, C-H-A-U, right? But Donald Trump calls her Coco Chow, C-H-O-W. <laughs> but the point he was making when he called her Coco Chow was uh, that she's doing all these backroom deals with our enemy. And it, it is absolutely disgusting. So now we have this leadership of McConnell and McCarthy. And McCarthy's just dying. He's, you know, he's this close to becoming Speaker of the House, but we have these um, maverick Republicans who are, I think they're conservative, who are saying, hey, you know what? Not so fast. I, um, it worries me. It concerns me. I, I just don't want to give the Democrats any power in this struggle. I think competition is good, but I'm concerned about how it might play out in the end. And I strictly don't want the Democrats to have any power whatsoever. I want them to be crushed. I don't think it's going to happen, even if McCarthy wins the speakership. But I want the Democrats to be crushed and marginalized, just like the Democrats did to the Republicans. If you don't fight fire, and by the way, here's a note to McCarthy, okay? You want to get those mavericks on your team? You know what you need to do? It's very simple. Day one, you file articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, because that's what you should be doing, okay? That's what you should have run on. Every Republican candidate, I don't care whether it's a winning recipe or not in some swing districts, some close districts. You got to come out and say, we're going to impeach this guy because it's the right thing to do on the border alone. I need to talk to you about the border. I can't right now, but it is it's to the point, again, it's a break point. We are at a break point in this country because of the wide open border. And I know McCarthy is talking big about it right now, saying he's going to do this and do that at the border. In the end, he doesn't run DHS. He doesn't run the Border Patrol. He, he holds the purse strings, but he doesn't have the guts to say, hey, I'm not going to fund the Border Patrol until you seal the border. He doesn't have the guts to do that, which is not a bad thing to do, right? I mean, what's the difference between having no Border Patrol down there and what we have currently? They're still flowing in. And so McCarthy is... You know, salivating at the fact that he'll be in a leadership position, but he's a, he's a weak leader, and we know that. He's not a leader. Leader and, and McCarthy do not go in the same breath. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's just like Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is a leader in the sense that he threatens people behind closed doors, will not fund their re-election. That's their brand of leadership. My brand of leadership would be, yep, we're going to impeach Joe Biden on day one. Yep, we're going to defund, we're going to work to defund the uh, CDC. We're going to work to defund completely. I mean, I'm talking purse strings gone, right? Zero out the CDC. Oh, you can't do that? Yeah, you can. The Congress can do that. They can zero out the CDC. They created the CDC. They can wipe it out. The president can't wipe out the CDC, but the Congress can. 
The Congress can zero it out. This Congress can zero out the FDA. The Congress can zero out the Department of Education, Department of Energy, the EPA, on and on and on and on. Gut these departments, Kevy. How about it? How about running on that constitutional amendment I talked about for voter integrity and voter and election integrity of a voter ID, one election day, paper ballots, and no mail-in ballots unless you can show a hardship and unless you get it notarized. How about running on that, Kevy? The fact of the matter is we have Republicans in the Republican Party voting against God. We do. We have pro-abortion Republicans, like Murkowski. Now that is an oxymoron, a pro-abortion Republican. At least it should be. Instead, she's in the Republican Party. Ross Perot, talked about him a couple minutes ago. Ross Perot proved that there is a desire, and this was in the 90s, ladies and gentlemen, Imagine, it's 20-something years later, right? Yeah, 20-something years later. Ross Perot proved that there is a, almost 30, there is a large appetite for an alternative, a plain-speaking, common-sense party. Ross Perot represented a party, if you will, and, and Ross Perot was uh, basically focused on fiscal matters and, and economics and that giant sucking sound in the South, you know. Was, uh, was NAFTA, and to a degree he was right. We, you know, NAFTA was not a great deal and Donald Trump undid it. But he proved that there is a need, a desire for a third party, if you will. If anything, Ross Perot proved that. So, what do you think? Is the Republican Party worth trying to salvage? And I'll speak from the inside. I don't like to just bitch and moan about things. I like to be a part of the solution, at least attempt to be. And so I joined my local Republican executive committee in Florida, okay? They call it an REC. It's a new term for me, REC, Republican Executive Committee. What does that mean? Well, it means you have a pulse and that you're a registered Republican. I'm a registered Republican because I don't know what the heck else to register. Oh, register as an independent, Graham. But then I can't participate in the primaries. And I care about that stuff. So I'm a registered Republican and I joined the REC. And recently we had an REC meeting. And uh, there are, I don't know what, what the voting membership is. It's somewhere on the REC. It's somewhere around 120 maybe. So I'm just guessing. Don't send me nasty emails if I'm wrong. But if you know the answer, you can send me the correct because you probably know what county I'm talking about, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, so there's probably around 120 voting members. And there was a recent effort to get a lot of patriots involved in the REC. I think there can be some, somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 total, which is kind of cuckoo. How do you really get anything done on an executive committee with 600 people on it? Uh, I don't know. But uh, it was a disaster. It was embarrassing. It was a joke. The way they ran it, first of all, was worse than kindergarten elections. Voting for class president in kindergarten was more organized and well thought out than this disaster. They had people vote for one candidate and then you would wait and then there'd be speeches and then you'd vote for another and then instead of just voting on a slate, 
<laughs> kind of like what we do in a regular election. You know, have your speeches and then everybody votes. How about it? No, didn't do that. They had speeches, vote, speeches, vote. I mean, it's cuckoo. It was cuckoo. But then for the chairman position, which is, you know, the head of the snake, right? And I use that term advisedly, snake. Um, the acting chairman comes, prances out and says, well, ha, 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 we have eight more votes than we have people registered to vote. And I said to myself, I don't believe what I just heard. I do not believe what I just heard. And I, I, I just yelled out, oh, it's California all over again. And, and they just laughed. They just laughed like it's no big deal. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it is a big deal. And in that case, there needs to be a re-vote in that REC, in that county. It is not acceptable to have eight more votes than there are people registered to vote. That is not acceptable in the Republican Party. It shouldn't be acceptable in kindergarten. Yet, ha, 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 no big deal. Doesn't change the election results. How do you know it doesn't change the election results? The entire vote is corrupt. And there needs to be a re-vote. But there won't be one. Because that's how corrupt the Republican Party is. So, again, I try and lay out a case here. And when I do on this program, I try and also lay out a solution, but I don't got one. The only, the only solution I have is a, another party and blow up the Republican Party. And if that happens, I know what happens. We have chaos for probably a couple of decades. It's a nuclear political winter for at least a decade, okay? At least a decade. At least, you know, two or three or four election cycles, it's, it would be a disaster. I know that. I know that, okay? I know that. And that's why I have never really, I've kind of nibbled around the fringe on a, you know, another party, a third party, or taking over an existing party and bolstering it up like the independent party or perhaps the constitutional party. But I don't have a perfect solution here. And I want to hear from you. Again, GrahamLedger.com, GrahamLedger.com, or GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com, GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. Is the Republican Party worth trying to salvage? And then the next question, how? This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.